The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Yes, sir. We are back here with the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the voice. It's the guy, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And I have my guy, partner in picks, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Good to be back. I know that we ended up having an off day as a whole with the NBA Gambling Podcast because there were no games yesterday. So since there was a day off, we do have a lot of games here. I believe it's 13 which should be definitely a fun card. Looking forward to breaking it down. Let's make some money. Yeah, I I understand what they were doing when they said, you know, we're not going to have games on voters on, you know, election day. And maybe, you know, some NBA players are really able to take advantage of that and to go vote on this day. But this didn't change. Like I went and voted anyway. No. It didn't. It didn't change what I, I my philosophy real, like, was. I had a real rant about it, which I'm not going to really get into. But the logic is, if you, the sole reason why you're voting is because there's no basketball on, it's maybe really, you're really not qualified bad. to vote. I'm just saying, really, maybe really you're bad. not qualified to vote. But like, if you oh, were going no to basketball? vote, if you were going to vote, you were going to vote. If you weren't going to vote, I think that not having basketball was going to sway you one way or another. Now, people who wanted to vote, voted. That was basically it. So, uh, unless the players were able to vote and they wouldn't have otherwise, like that. Yeah, I know that's where, and around. that's where I understood it. I was like, maybe it's for the players, and the players could go and vote and all of that. So I was like, maybe it's for them. But if it's just for the regular person that says, "Oh yes, NBA games today," I'm not going to vote. Like, oh, you suck. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, it's rivalry day. It's rivalry day, so I'm over here wearing black because I'm getting ready to go to a funeral for the Brooklyn Nets. We have Knicks Nets today. We'll talk about that later. We have Lakers Clippers today. Uh, I guess we can call that a rivalry. We'll talk about that later. And, you know, it's just a bunch of games to get into. It's 13 games on the slate. We're just going to go ahead and deep dive into it because y'all know we'll be here all day if we take any more extra time. So let's kick off the state slate and let's kick it off in a good fashion because we have the Dallas Mavericks going to play the Orlando Magic in Orlando. Dallas is laying seven on the road. 214 and a half is, is the total. This total has dropped sub, pretty substantially from 217 to 214 and a half. Let's see here and try to pull up an injury report. We have Christian Wood, who is out for this game. We have Tim Hardaway Jr., who was questionable for this game. And then we also have on the other side of the ball, Paolo Bancaro, questionable with an ankle injury, and Kavon Harris, who is questionable with a rib injury. So Christian Wood is out, a bunch of other questionables. Still have what, Cole Anthony out, Fultz is out, Harris is out. You know, same yeah, yeah. Sure. Same as those, those are the same for sure. Yeah. All right. Lay a seven with Dallas on the road against Orlando. Can I make a case for Orlando if Boncaro potentially doesn't play? Like yeah, I, I, I don't No, I, I was just going to say the the argument is you're looking at Dallas and Christian Woods out. So their backup center is basically Kleber. So Orlando should 
keyword should dominate on the glass. Yeah. Because I think we can agree JaVale McGee looks, I don't want to say washed, but he's definitely not as good as he was even when he, he won was a title. A very, he was a very big part of that Lakers team. He was a very big part yeah. of that Warriors team that won titles. He was, Phoenix. He was okay with yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, and when he made the decision to go to Denver, it just seems at that point it all went downhill for him. Yeah, and it makes sense because he's an athletic big man who has gotten older, so the athleticism isn't as noticeable as it was. He could never really shoot. He wasn't really a great passer. You know, there's a lot of stuff he was limited at, and now that the athleticism has really kind of vanished, he's not really that playable. And yet mm-hmm. he's starting. Is he better than Dwight Powell? I don't even know. Like that's how lo- that's how much I think that McGee's dropped. But the point is, you're looking at Kleber as the backup center. I do like Orlando's rebounding potential in this game with Mm -hmm. Ball Ball and Wendell Carter Jr. Carter Jr. better have a double-double in this game. That's all I'm saying. He better have a double-double. But Boncaro's their only real offensive threat. Suggs occasionally has a good offensive game. Wagner's pretty good. Do I trust him to create his own shot? Probably not as much as I'd like to, but he's still a good shooter. The thing is, Dallas, am I wrong? I know they're 6-3 and and they've beaten a decent amount of good teams. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just don't wow me the way that they play basketball. Mm-hmm. Doncic has to do everything for this team, but I'm not sure Orlando can do anything about it defensively. I guess I'm leaning Dallas. I really don't feel great about it. I'm leaning more towards props in this game. Give me a Wendell Carter Jr. double-double, maybe mm-hmm. like a 18-14 and 14 type game, but McGee barely plays. They mostly use Cleaver. <clears throat> Carter Jr. and Bull Bull should really dominate in the paint. I kind of mm-hmm. like Orlando's rebounding potential in this matchup. That's how I'm looking at it. I'm going solely at the prop markets. Yeah, so these two teams played already this season where Dallas won at home 114-105. And like you said, JaVel McGee barely played in that game. You think that would be a game that, you know, he went out there and dominated. He barely played. He played nine minutes in that game. Next uh, center that they have, Dwight Powell, paid 12 minutes. You know, it was Christian Wood and Christian Wood only. He had 24 minutes in that game. Only exactly. two for six from the field, five points, but he had 10 rebounds. And they're going to use Klebert center for a decent portion of this game. Yep. And so now you look at the Atlanta Magic side of ball in that time, and it's basically what you said, 15 and 9 for Wendell Carter, 16 and 11 for Bowl Bowl in that game. Paolo Bancaro wasn't as efficient as he normally is, 6 for 20, 18 points. Franz Wagner, 3 for 12, 12, 11 points. So, yeah, no, I'm (sighs) – I have to like the under. If Boncaro might not play and you're looking at all of Orlando's weapons or lack yeah. thereof, and Dallas plays at such a slow pl- uh, pace because Doncic is going to have the ball in his hands for 20 seconds in the shot clock every time, yeah. and Woods out, who's one of their best scorers, I have to like the under. I really don't see much firepower between either of these teams, especially if Boncaro doesn't play. Yeah, and I really would hate to say it, but um, I don't think that you can actually back the magic if a bound Carroll doesn't play like I want to make it this is short I I don't think I can yeah I just don't I don't think that you're going to get enough scoring from the front court yeah Bobo and Wendell Carter can do some things put the ball in the winner and Wendell Carter has a 30 point game this season but I just don't 30 point game like what what does (laughs) yeah I don't know 18 it's usually yeah it's like it's like 15 to 18 somewhere around there I I just think that they're going to have issues scoring the basketball, especially if Boncaro's not playing in this game. I hate to say it's as easy as that, but if, for me, it's as easy as if Boncaro's not playing, I'll lay whatever the points is with Dallas. But if he is, then 
I I'm still tempted to lay with Dallas, but I, you could sway me to Orlando at that point. I'm just on the under. I feel like it's the safer approach. Yeah, for sure. All like, right. Would it would it shock you if one of these teams did not reach 100 points? Probably not. No, I think there's a good possibility neither team reaches 100 points. Yeah. To be honest, like I see this a rock could be, fight potentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, morning, morning. What's going on, everybody? All right, let's go on to the next game of the slate. We have the Denver Nuggets going to play the Indiana Pacers. Minus six on the road for the Denver Nuggets. 235 is the total, up half a point from 234 and a half. Line also opened up at minus five and a half for Denver and is now up to six. Let's see here for an injury report for this one. And we have... Zeke Nianji is doubtful for Denver. Ish Smith is doubtful. And for Indiana, we have Aaron Naismith, who is questionable, and Chris Duarte, who is out. He's out for like a month and change. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I really do like backing this Indiana team. And I really, yeah, and I really do enjoy backing them at home. I think this might not be the spot to do it, though. Because I think Denver has too much firepower. If this gets into a shootout, and I like the reason that I like Indiana is that they can score more points than another team. Like they and shout out to Christian Sutton, we're actually talking about that game right now. And so I, I think that the issue with Indiana is that I really think that Indiana, how they win games, and it's I know it's crazy to stay because of course they outscore the other team, but it's because their offense is too much and the other team cannot keep up with them. You know they so, can't stop anybody, so they have to win one way. Yeah. They have to outscore you. Yeah, and so if they can't stop anybody, but the other team is unable to capitalize on that, that's how they lose games. That's how they lost against the Pelicans. The Pelicans were unable to make open shots, and then now you have this Denver team where I don't like anything Denver does defensively at all, but if I, I can't take anything from them on the offensive side of the ball. They're able to make shots. They're able to work cohesion as a team and get everybody to their spots and run the score up, so... I really do want to back Indiana here. I like this Indiana team, but this just feels like a better spot for Denver playing a team that has wor a worse defense than them, and they're able to actually capitalize when they're given opportunities that I know this Pacers team is going to give them. Yeah, at first glance, I like the over, but it's 235 and a half, and I'm not sure if I'm fully ready to dive into a total that high this early in the season. Yeah. But I do want to ask you, since Indiana's line against New Orleans was a bit trappy, Last game out, and they ended up winning outright. How the hell did Miles Turner score thirty-seven points? So that wasn't him. I picked Indiana, and I, that wasn't on my that wasn't on was my on bingo card radar. at all. That was not on my bingo card at all. But you know, Miles Turner, he he sometimes does go out there and remember that he is able, like he is a scorer of the basketball. I know we think Miles Turner, mm -hmm. we're like, all right, on what he does and contributes on defensive end, and we really don't look to him for an offensive. Uh, explosion and it's normally because you don't have to like they've always had so many other options to go to for he had 27 and 10 against washington in like late october he's had a couple of games here i but think he's really just showcasing and waiting for that trade like that's honestly what yeah. i think is going on with my miles turner like he's just showcasing and waiting for the trade i think though that that's kind of why i'm leaning to denver here it's because of the fact that miles turner had a master class to beat new orleans yeah i don't think that's sustainable at all and yeah. if Turner ends up going back down to, let's just say, his normal 16-point number instead of 37, do mm -hmm. I think the rest of the supporting cast can really step up to match 
Denver because I don't see Indiana getting many stops. You know that Jokic is going to pull Turner away from the basket. He'll probably put up some massive stat line because Indiana can't stop anybody. And Denver could score 130 here. It would not surprise me if they scored 130, 125, something like that. I'm going to go with Denver because I do think that even though Indiana had a nice win against New Orleans, Mm -hmm. I think it was a little bit fluky because of how good Turner played. That might be the best game he's ever played. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I'm just for real. I'm keeping it real. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah I don't think it's, it's up there. It's definitely up there. I can't think of many Miles Turner 30-point games like and that. And Jokic might get him in foul trouble, and I think that could be an issue. But mm-hmm. Halliburton's great. I like his props over because he's a machine. Buddy Heald, we know, shoots a bunch of threes. He's been very good this season. I don't like the scoring depth. Matherin's been good. He's kind of cooled off a bit lately, but he has been solid. I think Duarte is a valuable piece for that team. And now he's going to be out for a while. He played a decent amount of minutes for that team. I'm gonna go Denver. If you want to talk, if you want to take Indiana, I'm not gonna talk you out of it. I don't think it's a slam dunk play. But the fact that Turner went for 37 and 12, I'm just expecting him to have a Levert regression where he dropped 41 in one game and then had one point the game after. It's not gonna be mm-hmm. that bad. But if Turner goes for like 15 and nine, I wouldn't be surprised. But that's not good enough. I think Jokic probably goes into what, like 32, 15, and 12 tonight? Like, Jokic could have an absolute monster triple-double, and Indiana gets absolutely destroyed, and nobody would be surprised. Yeah. So I'm going to lean Denver. I think there's several ways that they can actually outscore Indiana. I'm not sure how many ways Indiana can outscore Denver. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Uh, Shout-out to the chat. Liv talking about Halliburton overs have been cashing almost every game. Yeah, I'm on a – I'll do a Halliburton points and assists – I see it at 29 and a half. Yeah, I like a double-double. I like a points and assists, definitely. I think he's going to have a – like, Denver defensively is just not it. So, I think Halliburton can absolutely have a game and get other people involved. I just think that Denver is going to end up ultimately outscoring whatever crazy output that the Pacers end up doing. And shout-out to Chris Sutton. Lakers need trade for Miles Turner now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Miles Turner and Buddy Hill would be a pretty good addition to that Lakers team. But truth is, I think it might be a bit of fool's gold for the Lakers. They got a lot bigger problems than who their starting center is. But yeah, Just being do. honest. Like, I, I don't think Miles Turner changes anything for your team. It might change short-term false hope. But <laughs> LeBron's been awful this season. He's made what, like one three-pointer in his last like five games combined? He can't shoot. He's the worst three-point shooter in the league, statistically speaking. I, he's, I'm sure he's going to bounce out of it at some point, but you know, you hear it all the time, the memes. He's, what is he, 37 now? Yeah, I'm 37. Yeah, I'm 38. I know. 38, like, he's, his I think best years are behind him. In the year. AD's yeah. been better lately, but he's still you know, is a, a shell of his former self when they won the title. Westbrook's been very good off the bench. But we'll, we'll save we'll save the Lakers. We'll save it for we later. I'm just saying, yeah, we'll I don't think the game. Lakers need to acquire Miles Turner because I don't think he changes that much long term. That's all I'm saying. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Portland Trailblazers traveling over here to the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina to play the Charlotte Hornets. Minus four and a half is the line for the Trailblazers. Two nineteen and a half is the totals come down from two twenty one and a half. Over here, injury report for the two squads. And we have Anthony Simons, Dame Lillard, Justice Winslow, Jeremy Grant, Jusuf Nurkic, and John Butler Jr. All probable to play in this game. Keon Johnson is questionable. Over for the Charlotte Hornets, as you know, LaMelo. As you probably know, if you don't, Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin. 
Cody Martin's doubtful. LaMelo and Gordon Hayward are already ruled out, but uh, Cody Martin is doubtful for this game. So another piece missing for that Charlotte Hornets team. I mean, I have, I guess my issue with this is that this line has come down half a point. It opened up at five and it's at four and a half. I saw it four and, and a half last night, so it hasn't really moved that much. I have no idea why anybody would take Charlotte in this spot. I, I, I literally cannot make a case for Charlotte at all. So I do a YouTube play every night and uh, for another network. And my play was uh, Portland minus four and a half. That was my play today. And it's a little bit weird that the entire team is probable. Like, just say that they're going to play. I don't really know what, what the holdup <laughs> is there, but still, the entire team's probable. I mean, they had no injury issues last game and they had a day off. So I don't know what the issue is. But Charlotte's a train wreck. And we thought they were going to be. And then Lamelo got ruled out before the season started, and we knew they were going to be bad. And then they randomly gave the Knicks a run for their money in overtime. They had a couple of random wins. They beat the Warriors somehow in overtime, and they've fallen off a cliff. They've lost five straight games, and you're looking at what the team does well. It's an oxymoron because they don't really do anything well. You're looking at their overall <laughs> lineup, and with Lamelo being out, Bridges, of course, was their second-best player last year. He's still, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen to him. And Gordon Hayward shockingly, he's already injured. I can't believe it. Can you believe it? I can't believe he's already hurt. But either way, he was the best offensive player this season because Lamelo hasn't played and Bridges is not there. So you're relying heavily on Gordon Hayward to be your main offensive weapon. He's not there. So now your main weapons offensively are Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre and like a little bit of P.J. Washington. Like, are you serious? They've lost five straight games. They lost to the Nets at home with no Kyrie, they blew, I believe, a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter in that game. And then they somehow managed to top it. They lost to the Wizards at home by eight points with Beal in health and safety protocol. So they managed to lose two home games back-to-back to, -back to mm -hmm. a Kyrie-less Nets team and a Beal-less Wizards team. And now they face off against a healthy Lillard, a healthy Simons, a healthy Grant, and a healthy Nurkic. Good luck to you. This team stinks. Portland has actually been a very surprising team. I thought they'd be underwhelming. I dared Chauncey Billups to show me something, and he has. And they've been good on the road. They're 4-1 on the road. They just beat Miami on the highway. They beat Phoenix on the highway. I like how this team has played. I like Portland here. The only thing scaring me off is the probable tag, and in the NBA, that might lead to one person missing. I don't think it matters. Charlotte can't score. They have no weapons. They need either Rozier or Kelly Oubre to go for 30 to have a shot in half these games. They can't score. I think that they're going to lose, and I think Portland wins comfortably. If Portland wants to, they really could win by double digits because defensively, Portland's actually 10th in defensive rating, which shocks me, but they've been a good defensive team, and they have the offensive weapons on paper. I'm on Portland. Yeah, I... I'm trying to look up Charlotte's team total because they've been really bad the past. They few can't games. score. They, they don't have anybody. They they hit a hundred that last game, but before that, it was what? What was? And the it? Wizards gave up one thirty to the Nets with no Kyrie. So scoring a hundred last game is actually underachieving. Yeah, a hundred last game, ninety four the game before that, ninety nine the game before that, eighty eight the game before that. I have to go it's, all it's the way back. One hundred seven and a half. I have to go all the way back to October yeah. when they got over, like they scored over a hundred and a half points. Like <laughs> it's, it's one hundred seven and a half at minus one fifteen. Yeah, I I think that I think that that's pretty a pretty good price for you to go ahead and back and under here. I mean, 
I, I don't know what they're going to contribute. I'm really just kind of, I'm just confused on why this line isn't bigger. This should be closer to six, seven. And the fact that it opened up at five and is down to four and a half causes like it gives me cause for concern. And at this point, if it's a trap, then I'm just going to end up dead because I'm taking Portland minus four and a half like this. This is a lock. It just seems like this is a really, really easy play here. I've seen Charlotte play recently because as a Nets fan, I sat through them play without Kyrie for a couple games. Then it's defensively have randomly been good with Kyrie being out. But Charlotte, each possession they were just totally lost. They turned the ball over all the time. There's no cohesion. It seems like a lot of iso ball. And Portland, if you want to go iso ball against Lillard and Simons, good luck to you. Like, have fun. You're going to lose that battle every time. Last five games, Portland giving up 111 points per game. That is 11th in NBA. Charlotte is giving up 116.2. That is 21st in the NBA. All right. Let's go ahead, go on to the next game. I think kind of, oh, well, I mean, total wise, I think we're both. I'm on the under. Yeah, on the under. I see uh, Christian asking about Lillard's over in points. I thought about it. He's only played one game since coming back from injury, and he really was a bit passive in that game, but they still have Simons. They still have Grant. They have a lot of weapons there. I'm not sure how to feel about this because Charlotte's defense in the backcourt's not great. But doesn't it feel like Lillard, especially just coming back from injury, has been a little bit more, I'd say, team-oriented? It seems like he's yeah. really willing to get his teammates involved. I don't think I want to take the over in points. Maybe, but I think I'm kind of out on it or I'm going to pass because I do think Simons and Grant can get theirs. And Lillard even passed up a game-winning shot opportunity to Josh Hart in the corner. I don't think I've ever seen Lillard turn down the final shot in a game. Have you? <laughs> yeah, no, he did. He did. It was a and it was a wide open shot. Cash it was wide open. You just figured, you just figured yeah. Lillard was going to chuck it. And he yeah, no, uh, I definitely. I'm 100 percent with you. I didn't think he was going to pass that up at all. But it was also a tie game, so it was like, oh, like what do we really have to lose? It wasn't like they were down. Just saying, the so. Lillard seems to have been a little bit more selfless. Yeah, he recently. Has. So I'm not going to touch the over in points because I don't I think, think the I shot would, attempts are are high enough. I would play his over five and a half assists. It's yeah, juiced. that I think it's I'm very juiced. By. I would play his over five and a half assists, probably parlay it with the money line and mm. take some plus money there. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Detroit Pistons going to play the Boston Celtics in Boston. Boston's laying 12 and a half at home. 226 and a half is the total. Going over injuries, and I see Marvin Bagley is doubtful for this game. Alec Burks is questionable, and that's about it for the injury report here. Scott, you got 12 and a half points with Boston. What are you doing? I'm going to take Detroit. I think that Detroit's a bad basketball team, mainly because I think Dwayne Casey's an abysmal coach, mm-hmm. and I think he's guaranteed to get fired within the mm-hmm. next like month and change. This team's really bad, but... Boston, don't get me wrong, they're still a talented team, obviously. They mostly have the same roster as last year, minus Robert Williams because he's hurt. But still, Boston's been good. They have not been great. And I do think that they leave themselves vulnerable because defensively they're not that good. And you're looking at the recent results. They've been good at winning games. The issue is I don't think they win by enough margin most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though Detroit is not a good team by any means – they can jump up and surprise you. Cunningham could have a good game. Ivy could play well. Boyan could go nuts from three and keep the game competitive. I'm going to take Detroit. Do I think they're going to win the game? No. Would it shock me if they won the game? 
Not necessarily, because I think that every now and then you find yourself a pretty good uh, in a good spot for as an underdog pick because you're a fully healthy team getting 12 and a half. You know, stranger things have happened in the NBA where a healthy team catches fire and finds a way to win games. But I still like Cunningham. I like Ivy. I like their overall backcourt. I think they're good enough to hang around in this game. I'm not going to pick them to win in the garden, but I'll go with the points. I can't lay 12 and a half with Boston. I'm just not ready to do that. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's pretty obvious what I'm doing. That I'm taking the Pistons, but you making a let money me tell sprinkle you, there. Oh, a hundred percent taking a money line sprinkle here because if you look at these past five games, this spread has no chance. I mean, j- take a chance. J- what do you think? Last five games, ATS Boston versus the Detroit. I'm assuming Detroit's done well. Oh, very well. Five and oh well to be is that mm-hmm. they covered as 14 point dogs. They covered as 12 and a half point dogs. They covered as 12 and a half point dogs again and won that one outright. They covered as 10 point dogs. They covered as seven point dogs and won that one outright. They've won two of the last five outright covered all five. I, I It just they, they have their number. They have their number. And this year, this season right now is even less reason for me to feel confident about Boston because guess what? They are not this stout defensive team anymore. Last year, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league. They are now sitting middle of the road, 15 in points per game, 100 and 110 points per game. And guess who's right under them at 16? Detroit, Detroit. giving up 111 points per game. So, I mean, I no, I just, I can't. A, a case can be made for Detroit getting good offensive looks, and if they shoot well then they definitely could pull it off. I think it's more just based on the price. It's roughly plus 550 on the money line for Detroit. I know that Boston's the better team, but if you're going to tell me that Detroit needs to win one out of roughly five meetings to become profitable in the situation, I'm going to take it. I think they could win one out of five head-to-head meetings straight up. Yes, and really, like, for me... And what I think it's going to come down to. They need Cunningham to play very well. Yeah, Cunningham definitely needs to play well, but it's going to come down to the bench production and who can get more from the bench. Both of the benches are pretty underwhelming for the most part, especially Boston with the number of injuries they have. So it's really going to come down to which bench can get the most out of his players and be able to contribute to this game because the starters aren't going to be able to do anything, like everything, this entire stretch. And so... Let me just go through these bench numbers real quick while I'm trying to pull them up. Detroit last in the league, 30th in terms of points coming off the bench. And Boston's done. And this is last five games. So I I tailored it down. And this is why you're on Boston if you're on Boston. Because Boston's doing a lot better. They're eighth best with points coming off of the bench in the past five games. So this is an extreme trend up from how they started this season. So if you're on Boston, that's the reason you're on Boston, because you believe that you're getting a lot of good bench play from Boston right now. They're going to be able to get a lead and maintain the lead and grow the lead and get you to this point. But my clients, my clients are on Detroit. We're not fading 5-0 and against the spread. And we're not taking this Boston team who has not been that good defensively and a Detroit Pistons team that can really turn on the Jets. For a 12.5-point spread for me personally, I need some type of injury. I need some type of compromise nature for the, for the underdog in the spot. Detroit might be underwhelming, but they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to fade a healthy team 
getting 12 and a half when they do have a lot of talent. The issue is the coaching and the actual cohesion. But I think Detroit's talented enough to cover this number, so I'm not going to take Boston at all. All right. And total I like to the over is, that Total is 226 and a half. What are you doing there? I'm not taking an under. I'm taking an over. Boston's played faster. Mm-hmm. Detroit can score. If we think Detroit's going to cover, then we think Detroit's going to actually put up some points. So I'm going to go with the over. Yep. All right. For now, we have to talk to you about win, bet, and that they are now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You you have the win, bet, win hour. Like the win, bet, win hour, you can go 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time, and you can bet the marquee game of the day and get the best odds than anywhere else. So make sure you look out for win, bet, win hour, great promos, payouts. And if you sign up today, you can get, you can bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. So much choose from all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. All of a sudden, change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Captain, what's up? What it do? All right, let's move on to the next game of the slate. And it's time for the rivalry game in New York because we have the New York Knicks going to play the Brooklyn Nets. Minus three and a half for the Nets. 222 is the total. It's come down. Come down from 225. This total has actually gone up for this. Not total, but this uh, line has actually gone up for the game. It opened up at minus two and a half for the Nets. Now it's at sitting at minus three and a half. Probably because the Nets are sporting the best defense in terms of points per game in the last five games. 98 point, what was it? 98.4 points per game in the last five games. Best in the NBA. Nets defense, really? Going to an injury report, we have Utah Wannabe, who is Wannabe, who out for this game. And then for the Knicks, we have Quentin Grimes, who was questionable, and Mitchell Robinson, who was out. All right. Scott, I'll let you go first. My Knicks, your Nets, what are you doing? So I have watched the Nets. I bet them to miss the playoffs as soon as Kyrie got suspended. And they immediately (laughs) beat the Wizards by 42, and they beat the Hornets by four. And they hung around against Dallas, and they lost in heartbreaking fashion. But I actually think that Wananabi injury is big because he actually has played center in a couple of lineups with this team. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they kind of have pivoted a little bit to using Watanabe, mostly when Simmons was injured. But they were using him at center, KD at power forward, and they were trying to be a little bit more, I'd say, switchable defensively. And now he's out. I think that's actually a big deal. Simmons came back, played about 16 minutes off the bench, did nothing against Dallas. I think he had like two <laughs> points. He did absolutely nothing in the entire game. But I do think I'm going to go with the Knicks in this one because the Nets, even though defensively they have been a lot better, A lot of it is pace and the lack thereof. They're playing extremely slow without Kyrie, and they need to because they really don't have a point guard. They have Sumner, who is okay. He's mostly a slasher, can't really shoot that well. Shooting better lately, though. You have Mm -hmm. Durant, who's going to want to ISO and take time off the clock. He's got to do his own thing. And they really don't have many, I'd say, quality options in the break or on the break. I think that Mm -hmm. they have to play slower the Knicks kind of want to play fast. So far this season, they have wanted to play fast because they still have Brunson, they have Barrett, they have guys that could actually run the floor. I think the Knicks could have a lot of success in transition in this mm-hmm. matchup if they really push it. But I'm going to take the Knicks here. 
And I do think that even though the Nets defense has been better lately, if the Knicks do what they started doing in the second half of games against the Nets last year, and they just double team Durant almost every possession and they Mm -hmm. force somebody else to beat them. I'm not sure who on the Nets is going to beat them. I know Cam Thomas has played better lately. Royce O'Neal's had some moments here and there. Seth Curry's been okay. I know Mitchell Robinson's out, which is kind of a big deal because the Knicks would have dominated the glass anyway. Hardenstein's okay. Jericho Sims a good rebounder. I think they'll be fine either way. I got to call out Randall. He's got to have a big game here. It's a perfect matchup for him to really have a great game, and I think he needs to show up. I'm going to take the Knicks, though. These games always seem to be competitive, and the Knicks are at relatively full strength. The Nets are not. But I think that the Knicks have an advantage with the overall depth in terms of scoring. That's good enough for me. You're going to give me three points and change. I'll take the Knicks in a what I view as a coin flip game. I'll take him getting plus money on the money line. Yeah, no. So I have the Knicks are you talking about pace earlier. Knicks yeah. eighth fastest pace in the league right now. Brooklyn all the way down at 28 in they the have, past five games. They changed their entire style because they have one consistent bucket getter. They have no choice. Yep. So a uh, slower pace, a way much slower pace for them. So it is going to be who dominates pace. And I think the Knicks can actually get out here and run. And like you said, blitzing KD, like they did last year, that's one of, you know, my props for this game is Kevin Durant over five and a half assists. Cause I'm going to just assume that six times that he has to get rid of the ball because they threw a double team at him or they threw a defensive look at him, or he was able to find a cut in basket that he's going to find somebody that gets to the rim. So I'm taking his yeah. over five and a half assists just because the, of that. The issue last year was they took too long. They waited until Durant at 42 and then they started double teaming him. And then yeah. at that point, because he went crazy that win. first half, he went he crazy, went crazy ended half. up with 50 and change. He hit that and one three pointer at the end of that Sunday game, which I remember. But the point is they waited too long to start doubling. I don't know why you wouldn't just double team Durant every time here and just dare Royce O'Neal and company to beat you. I'll take my chances. But Brunson, I like. I think that the Nets really don't have many good matchups for him defensively. I think he's too quick for Simmons, and Simmons has really been a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. The, Net, the Nets defensively have bought in, which I really respect, with an interim coach and with Kyrie being absent. They have bought in defensively. Mm-hmm. But I think Watanabe's in absence is actually a big deal or an underrated deal because he was playing small ball center for a couple of these lineups, and now he's not available. I think it's actually an underrated loss for the Nets. Yeah, and so it's crazy how these defenses have like completely shifted. The Nets, like I told you, last five games, Nets first in points per game. They are 10th in three-point percentage, and you look at the Knicks, 24th in points per game. They're 26th in three-point percentage. Like, they're – I don't – I understand why – I understand why they you like – like, people would like the Nets in this spot. I truly understand it, but I just what's think that this is just pr- a bad matchup. Advantage? What is it, like 60% Knicks? It's got to be. It's got to be. There's in no, Brooklyn? No, yeah, like, there's in no Brooklyn. real home court here. I mean, Yeah, no. I, I think that this is – I think this is going to go to a close wire game either way. Even if the next also, it's a one possession weight. game with five seconds left. We can see yeah. it right now. I'll take the points. And maybe Julius Randle travels again, and they fucking win. Because... I like his double double. He's going to need to clean up on the glass with no Mitchell Robinson in the lineup and everything like that. I, I think and they, I saw, they haven't yeah. been consistently playing Hartstein and Jericho Sims. Hartstein had 21 minutes that last game. Sims had 17, and he was starting. Like I, I don't know if like they're going to commit. I think I think he's good. I like I think both Hartstein's of them. Not bad. 
I like both of them. I think Sims, both I think of them is are okay. really good. His offensive game is really way too raw for me. At least Hardenstein can do some stuff on occasion. Sims really has no touch at all around the rim. That's kind of the main flaw he has right now. It's just but, more of he gets the rebound, puts it back in the basket. Like, that's what I'm looking for. for pretty him. much, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the Knicks plus three and a half. Uh, 222 for the total. I'll go over. I think it's over. I think the Knicks can exploit this Nets defense and bring them back down to earth a little bit. And I still think the Nets are going to be able to score on the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks defense has been – they haven't had an emphasis on it this year and making sure that they're really locking teams down. They're just saying, hey, if we're scoring, then, you know, it's fine. If they score, we just score more. I'll go with an over on this one, over 222. I do want to ask you, though, how big of a drop-off is there in terms of rim protection between Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims? Because Sims, I remember being a really good shot blocker at Texas, but Robinson is one of the better shot blockers in the league. I don't is think there really a drop off? I think it's a small drop off. I don't. I think, I'm, I'm, I well, it a is a drop off between, between him and Hartenstein. I think there's a drop off, but I think yeah, Sims I is definitely a good. Rim I think Sims is a nice middle between the two. Okay, so I think I'm going to lean under. I don't feel great about it. I see a game that's headed towards an over, and mm. then one absolute rock fight fourth quarter where both teams are just miserable from the floor and the game mm-hmm. finds a way under. I think we can agree we could see like a 45-point fourth quarter and no one would be surprised. Yeah. I'm going to lean under. All right. Let's talk about the next game of slate. We have the Houston Rockets traveling to play the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Minus 10 is the line for the Raptors all the way up from minus 8.5 to minus 10. 240. Two no two twenty four. I'm sorry, two twenty four and a half Jesus. is okay. yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> two twenty four and a half is the total for this one. Injuries that I can see, and we have Deshaun Tate is out and Pascal Siakam is out. All right, Scott minus ten with the Raptors. What are you doing? I think I'm going to take Houston. It's really the same principle as the Detroit game. If I'm going to be laying double digits against a team, I need the other team to be missing at least one or two guys. Mm -hmm. The fact that Houston's healthy, they're not a good team. They're feisty on occasion. You know, they they can make some stuff happen here and there. I don't think they're good, but they have talent. Jalen Green could have 30-plus points. Kevin Porter is not afraid of shooting. He can have a decent game. I like Shangun a lot. I think he's a fun player. He's a throwback 80s Kevin McHale type who just only mm-hmm. operates in the post. I think he could have some success here because Toronto's front court's not great. Toronto's probably going to win the game, but I'm not laying 10 here. I'm going to lean Houston. I think it's a few too many points. Uh, I'm, I was trying to look it up, and I don't think I'm able to uh, right now, but I have no idea. No possible idea how I can lay ten with Toronto without with no Pascal Siakam. Siakam. I, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, without Pascal Siakam, like I'm. I know, I know Houston is bad. I know Houston's bad. I know Houston has troubles consistently scoring the basketball, especially on the road. They're really bad on the road. But ten, it's a lot. Ten with without your best player. I don't know, man. I know Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Fleet, and this Toronto team is really good. I expect them to get after it defensively and really try to challenge Houston, um, Houston being on the road here. But, man, if, if you're telling me that Houston 
can find a way to put the ball in the basket for a quarter, quarter and a half or something, that's that's gonna kill this num this line. Mm-hmm. It's gonna absolutely kill this line. I I don't think I can take 10. I don't think I can take 10, late 10 with the Toronto Raptors right here. I'm going with the Houston Rockets plus 10. Yeah, I, I just think this number's a bit high. But yeah, I'm, two, I want to ask you, how many points is Siakam worth? I know Toronto's a deep team. I think he's worth I think he's worth a couple. I, I think, think it has he's to worth be a couple points. Right, right now he's an all-star. If you go through the numbers, I mean he's clearly an all-star here. He was on pace to before the injury. So that means Toronto at full full strength would be laying like 13 and a half or four. Like I can't buy into that. I got to go with you. No, I would. I, I, I would have been more tempted at this state at open at eight and a half. I probably would have still had some curls, but 10, yeah. I definitely can't do 10. All right. I'm not taking double digits at, at seven or eight. You have an argument for fouling late in games. Maybe mm-hmm. you find a way, but if, if Toronto's up eight and there's like 29 seconds left, they're taking a shot clock violation. Like, you don't even have a real shot at fouling down the stretch to get a miracle cover here for Toronto. I'm not going to bother. I'm going with Houston if I if I had to pick a side. Yeah, I'm on Houston, too. Sprinkle on that money line because I'm I'm taking over. And if Houston's in this game, it's because they were able to score points on the Toronto defense. Oh, and yeah. so Jalen Green has been really good as a late. Kevin Porter Jr. has been really, really solid over court. Like, he's doing it all, whether it's rebounding the basketball, getting assists, setting up his teammates, scoring the basketball. He's been doing really, really good this season. Uh, Jabari Smith is really the the only thing. Like if Jabari Smith was on and he was looking like a th- third overall pick, and you know early in his like if he was even very very close to what Paolo Bancaro's doing, then this Rockets team would be very nasty. But I was gonna say I don't know if we're opening up a full conversation here, but let's just say Jabari Smith has been one of the most underwhelming rookies so far this season. Yeah, and let's you know not we're not trying to bag on him. Like he need you need time to adjust. It's, Everybody it's, it's can't come rough. in. Yeah, yeah everybody can't come in and just be, you know, that guy, but he's got to be doing more. He has to be doing more. So, yeah, and if right. you want a prop here, I don't mind Shengun over 16 and a half points at even money. Okay. He's been really good. He had 20 points last game against Orlando. He had 20 and 10. He had 17 against Minnesota in only 20 minutes. He had 17 points, shot over mm-hmm. 88% from the floor, had 26 and 13 against the Clippers. He's been playing well, but since Toronto has a mix between Coloco, who does not play that much, they have a Chua in there, a little bit of Birch on occasion. Mm. I don't really like their front court that much. I think Shangun could have some success here. So I'm going to go with him over 16 and a half at even money. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Utah Jazz going to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Hawks. Minus three and a half for the Hawks. 228 and a half is the total. Going injury report here, and we have Trey Young with a questionable tag on him and Jaron Vanderbilt with a questionable tag on him. Uh, Is this – this is – Almost certain. Let me just go back before I put my foot in my what, mouth. What, a back-to-back-to-back? To back to back? No, not back-to-back. Back, but uh, this is the first time that the Jazz are traveling to the East Coast. So all okay. their games to this point have been Western Conference, Western Co- West Coast, on that side of Mississippi. This is the first time they're traveling this side of Mississippi to go play the Atlanta Hawks. It's kind of a spot that I kind of like backing teams. Well, backing the East Coast teams just on that first long road trip. I know I didn't do it against with the Suns against the 76ers, but I also thought they didn't have Joe Embiid and uh, James Harden in the lineup. However, I think this is a good spot to back Atlanta. 
back Atlanta, catching the Jazz. Everybody's on the Jazz. The Jazz are going through some incredible hype, 9-3 and three in the first 12 games of the season. Number one seed. Yeah, and I think this is a spot where Atlanta can just play good Atlanta home basketball. Atlanta has had one of the best home road splits. Well, I guess you could say best at home, worst on the road. It's but, one of the most, I'd say, noticeable splits. Yeah, like you know Atlanta splits. is really yeah. good at home and really, really tough on it's the road. It's been that way for what, like four years? They're always yeah. terrible on the road. I mean, Yeah, I know. So, and I understand because, come on, have you been to it? Like, Atlanta's a great city. Like, I, I would run through a wall if I played for Atlanta for the fans of Atlanta. Atlanta's a great city, so I completely understand it. But this is a, this is a good spot for them. They're only laying three and a half. This Jazz team, while they have been really good in the start of the season, I think that they do have some hiccups and some issues defensively that can be attacked. You got a, a rested Trey Young that might be playing in this game, and so he has some time to come to rest up from that injury, seeing how he didn't play that last game and they beat the Bucks. I'm back in Atlanta here. I think this is one of those Atlanta homestands where they're just able to sweep the games at home and then go try to figure out how they're ever possibly going to win on the road. So, yeah, give me Atlanta minus three and a half. It's actually so random how Trey Young misses the game against Milwaukee and they win by 19. Yep. Like that's actually kind of wild how that worked itself out. But my play is going to be simple. I like the over. I don't see much defense being played by either team. Utah plays up tempo. They need to. They don't exactly have a true center. They try to use Olenek in there on occasion. Vanderbilt occasionally a small ball guy, but he might be out for this game. And Vanderbilt's one of their best defensive players. So mm-hmm. you're looking at their game against the Lakers, the second one, and that game landed in the 250s. I mean, that game was an absolute track meet. They scored 139 points. Atlanta's going to want to play a little bit faster. Utah does as well. I like the over here. I think this game just cruises into the 230s. I see a lot of points. You? Yeah, no, I see, I see a bunch of points too. I'm with you. Even if Young's out, then DeJounte is just going to go do his thing, maybe put up a triple-double, but I have to like the over here. The pace is too nice. The overall talent is there. The issue is Atlanta's still not a great shooting team from the outside, but I still think that the pace alone should dictate. And I am curious what they're going to do at center because Capella was really good the last couple games, but mm-hmm. Utah wants to spread everybody out. Can you play Capella 20-something minutes in this game, or is it such a bad matchup you have to go smaller? No, I, I think I think that I, I just don't think that they're committed to not playing Capella minutes. Like every time that I think that they're possibly gonna just drain his minutes for one game, they never do it. I think they're mm-hmm. truly committed to just finding ways to make it work with Capella for uh, even him for or their Tongue, betterment they, they or their worse, whatever. Yeah. But I like the over. I'm assuming you agree. Yep, I agree as well. All right, next game to slate we have the New Orleans Pelicans on the road to go play the Chicago Bulls. Minus two for the Pelicans. 232 and a half is the total in this game. Injury report, we have Andre Drummond, who is probable, and Kobe White, who is questionable. No, Kobe White is out. Kobe White is out, and uh, Andre Drummond is probable. Then we also have Larry Nance Jr. on the other side, who is questionable for this game, and Garrett Temple, who is out for personal reasons. All right. Pelicans, Bulls. Hmm. I I think I'm. What do we think of this Pelicans team? Can we start there? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out, and it's like they're. I mean, it's just 500 ball right now. It's it's literally just 500 basketball right now, and it's like 
they they're underperforming for the talent level that they have. For it, you it to be sporting me. out a lineup of Bi Zion and CJ, I expect to see Bell a lot more scoring. Too. Yeah, I expect to see a lot more scoring than I've been seeing. Like, they also can't guard anybody, but and that's really the issue here. That you're getting a full strength Chicago Bulls. Bulls you can't team. give up 37 points to Miles Turner. That can't happen. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I hate backing them. I, I mean, this Bulls team is different this year. I'll give them that. I'll say that they're different this year, and they're actually going up here and challenging those teams that they should be challenging. Like, they shouldn't be just trying to beat up on the small teams and losing to the good teams. They're actually challenging the good teams this year. DeMar DeRozan's still playing really, really good ball, and it's so much easier for him when Zach is out there because they can't just double-team him like the Raptors try to do in that first matchup when Zach was out. Like, they can't just double-team him I expect Zach to be really, really well rested with this one. They said they're not playing him on back-to-backs, and they're taking their time. They're making sure he gets rest on the off days. So I expect Zach Levine to come out here with a whole boat of energy. I would love it way more if Lonzo was playing in this game, but I'll go ahead and I'll take the Bulls plus two. I'm taking Chicago, too. I like the Pelicans as a team on paper. Uh, I, I ended up betting Willie Green to win Coach of the Year at 12-1. to 1 who is somehow one of the favorites despite his team playing 500 basketball, which I really don't understand. But either way, <laughs> Chicago is very good at home. We know the United Center is a very good home court advantage. You're going to give me plus money with the Bulls at home against the Pelicans team that's been struggling lately. That's good enough for me. I'm taking Chicago on the money line. I think you could argue this game should be a pick maybe a minus one. But I do think that the Pelicans being favored on the road, I don't think they're worthy of being favored on the road against a pretty good team. I'll go with Chicago. All right. And Christian asking, what do you think about BIs over threes, one and a half at plus 122? I understand why it's plus money because the Bulls in the past five games are the number one team against the three point, uh, against three point shooters. They're giving up 29% in the past five games, number one in the NBA. So, and they played some pretty decent, like three point shooting teams. They played Toronto twice. You have Boston in there, Charlotte, Brooklyn. Like it, that's decent enough. I think it's more of they've been just able to hold them just percentage wise all around to a lower percentage. The Bulls defense has stepped up in the past few games, but yeah, no, I, I think Caruso coming off the bench is really, really good because now all that scoring in the lineup, he coming him and adding him as a change of pace defensively is really what they want to do rather than having him starting and taking a bunch of shots. Yeah. It's easy enough. Plus two, I'm, I got to I mean, go over. One and a half is short and it is plus money, but it's mostly volume. That's why you're looking at this number being so low. He's attempted less than five three-pointers in every game except for one this season. He didn't yeah. miss four games because of injury, but when it comes down to the three-point numbers, it's all about volume. You want your guy to shoot 10 three-pointers. I mean, it really just comes down to it, and you're just going to play the odds game. He went three for four last game, went two for four the game prior, went three for seven against Golden State. Seven is the most threes he's taken by a wide margin in a game. He's usually around three or four. So in order for him to go over, you need him to hit roughly 50% of his threes. I think I'm going to pass. Yeah. I want I more I just, volume. If, I, if I'm playing B.I., I think I'm just playing his points. I would play points. He hope he gets to the line 10 times and he ends up going over. All right. Uh, I'm on over for this game, too. I'm not taking the under. Pelicans' last two games have given up 120 plus. 
Next game on the slate, we have the Milwaukee Bucks playing the OKC Thunder. Minus six on the road for the Bucks. 218 is the line for the total. It's come down from 220 and a half. Who injury report? Let's go look at the injury report here. And we have Giannis, who is probable for this game. Drew Holiday, who is doubtful. And Alexek Povjeski, who is questionable. Po- uh, yeah, Pogoshevsky, I'm assuming he's not going to play. But whatever. Drew Holiday being doubtful is enough for me to back OKC here on the money line. This game just screams Giannis triple double to me now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, 100%. you have you have no holiday, so there's not even a secondary option with the ball in his hand. This will be a Giannis DFS masterclass game. I really don't see mm-hmm. how he does not go for like 30, 15, and whatever. But mm-hmm. if you want to make a case for the triple double, I want to just see what the odds are. A plus three twenty. Oh, that's a bunch of garbage. I can't take that. That's that's just unfortunate. <laughs> Points, rebounds, and assists, maybe instead. But Giannis is going to get the ultimate green light here. The spread is low, so you're assuming that Giannis will play a decent amount of minutes. They're off a loss as well because they did lose to the Hawks pretty candidly. So you could argue Milwaukee might be motivated for this game, but I really just expect Giannis to destroy everybody on on Oklahoma City because who the hell do they have at center? They have nobody. And my... And not only just as center, but this even more kills the death of this team because now you're bringing George Hill into that starting lineup. You definitely don't have a backup point guard after George Hill at this point. And so you're just kind of trying to figure things out. And this is a team that already is 16th in the league and points coming off of the bench. Whereas you have this OKC team that has found scoring from all this other options. Like, yes, we can talk about SGA and what he's doing, but they're finding scoring from Trey Mann. They're finding score from Wiggins. They're finding score from uh, Dort on occasion get hot. Yeah, like yeah. they're finding scoring from all these other guys and guys coming off of the bench. I I think that this OKC team, who for the past couple years has been a really good team against the number because they've been given all these points in all these games and they find ways to make these games close. I think this is another game where they could find to make it close. Or and this is just like. On the road, you're on the road again for Milwaukee, and you started out the season 9-0. and You just took your first loss. I mean, everybody's sitting here saying that this is going to be the bounce-back spot, and I think that this is – this is you could really look over this OKC team. I'm back in OKC here, plus six. I feel like this is a short line, and it's short for a reason. I think if you want to make a serious case for some value here, you can get Shea 28-plus points and the Thunder to win at 4-1, to one, or Shea 32-plus points. And the Thunder to win plus 700. Yeah. You could go shade two plus threes. I know it doesn't shoot many threes, but if he does, two plus threes and OKC to win plus 940. I think it's going to, I think this is going to be a shade. And let me go just go back and look because these two teams did match up. Yeah. Well, while you pull that up, though, I do want to point out holiday people are going to talk about mostly as being the point guard and how he does facilitate some of the offense. Milwaukee might struggle there. A reminder. He also is still one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Mm. And now you face off against Shea Gilgis. You might have George Hill guarding Shea Gilgis Alexander in comparison to Drew Holiday. Shea should really have a field day in this game. Yeah, last time they played uh, 108 
94, that was the Bucks' ninth win. 108-94 for this team. SGA, 18-7 for 16 in the game. Three assists. Josh Giddy 15-6 for 14. And, uh, yeah, where's, where's where I wanted to mention? Yeah, this time around, uh, Trey Mann, 14 minutes, one for three. Like, that's somebody I'm looking for. Trey Mann is somebody I'm looking for to come off the bench and be some really good offense for this team. This, this go-around... And like I said, you don't have Drew Holiday, so I expect SGA to have a much, much better game. Like defensively, Drew Holiday is really big what they do defensively. Now you're going to be looking at Javon Carter. Javon Carter is going to have to handle that matchup the entire game. And so I, I like the opportunities there. I really, really do. I think that this this could be – this is going to be a good game. And I just feel like this yeah. is way too many points. Now, Giannis did not play in that matchup, so we have to say that. Giannis did not play in that matchup, so Giannis is playing here. That could single-handedly shift things. I'm taking my chances with OKC, though. I'm going to lean OKC, too, but I'll take Shea over in points. He's had at least 33 points in four of the last five games. Now Holiday's out, who's well-recognized as being one of the best perimeter guards in the league uh, just based on defense. I think he should have a decent spot here. Uh, Christian wants to know about the Thunder team total at a 105 and a half. Uh, I don't really, I don't really have much of a thought there. I think this game could be a rock fight. It could be potentially high scoring. I'm kind of on the fence. I think I'd lean over though because I do love Holiday's defense, which is no longer there. But I'm kind of on the fence. I don't have a strong opinion about that. You? Uh, I don't, I don't think I want to take a team total over yeah. against the third best team in points per game in the entire league. I think I'd I'm rather just, gonna... just take Shea over in points because if they get to 106, Shea's dropping 30. Yeah, if I had to play a total, uh, I probably would play. I probably would play the under because I just think that if OKC's in this game, it's because they just were the Bucks had issues with everybody else scoring the ball except for Giannis, or they just got cold from three. Yeah, that's that's really it. But I'm not I, I'm not interested in betting the total on this one. I look for a Giannis PRA. I think he could go for a ridiculous number of points, rebounds, and assists in this matchup. All right, next game on the slate we have the Memphis Grizzlies going to play the San Antonio Spurs minus five and a half for the Grizzlies on the road. Two thirty three and a half is the total. Injury report here. Steven Adams might not play. I think that's basically Yeah, it. Steven Adams Steve Adams is questionable. Doug McDermott is questionable. Zach Collins is out. All right. I mean, there's really nothing that you could say to get me off of Memphis here. This is a lock for me. Give me Memphis minus five and a half. This line is short enough that I truly believe that if Memphis has a lead at the end, that the Spurs just call it quits. I don't know how Spurs are supposed to win this game. Dougie McBuckets might not play. How are they supposed to win? No, I, I, I'm going. I'm going with Memphis. I think that both teams offensively are not great, but Memphis has a significantly better offense, and it's not even close. Jaw's been good, but after the MVP nuclear start, he's kind of going a little bit cold lately. Still, you know, respectable numbers, but I at least want to point out that I do think he's going to play well here. Do you know how good his numbers are against San Antonio in the last couple of meetings? No, but I I feel like I I we talked about this last year, and I feel like he has like some 40, 50 point games against San Antonio for no reason. Okay, so I'm gonna read these off, right? So we'll start off in 2020. Okay. Right. 22, 14, and 7. Okay. 25, 9, and 9. All right. 44, 2 and 9. Shit. 19 and 11. 
Okay. Right. Hey, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Say that one again. He had 19 and 11. All right. Some people going to get that. Others won't. Okay. Uh, he had a 13 and 8 against San Antonio in 22 minutes. Not great. And then mm-hmm. since that moment, he absolutely exploded. He had 38 and 6. All right. That's 30-8-6. Yeah. 41. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. 41, yeah. 5, and 8. Damn. That was January of 2022. And the last meeting, he had 52 points and 7 rebounds. <laughs> I remember that game. So <laughs> I assume Morant's going to play really well because with the exception of maybe an off game here and there points-wise, in which he still had like 11 assists, San Antonio can't guard him. He had 52 last time. They played twice in 2022, and he had a total of 93 points. I'm just expecting Morant to go for 35. And Bain, we know, is really good. I do kind of want Adams in the lineup, though, because I think that he'll really just overwhelm Pirtle with his strength. They still have they still have Clark, though. They still have a couple other options. I'm on Memphis. I think Ja goes for 35. They are just sucking the juice out of all these props. Jaw thirty five is two plus is plus two thirty five. No, you have to go for the player performance boost if you really want to go for any props. You got to take them to win the game, and and you can maybe get that at like four to one. Yeah, um, I don't know they really have been sucking the juice out of these props, though. Yeah, it makes it not as fun. Let me no. see here if I can find. Uh, Hold on. If you want to take Jaw 30 plus points and Grizzlies money line, it's plus 158. Okay. Uh, that still sucks, by the way. Yeah, not great. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. I found who's, a Jaw. I found a Jaw for. Okay. I found a Jaw 5 to 1 for 40. 40 points. Yeah. 5 to 1 for him to get 40 points and 12 to 1 for him to get 45. Who's supposed to guard him? Trey Jones? They don't have anybody yeah. on this team that can guard him. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he goes all the way up to 45 this game. Like, and you look I, at the I last couple games, know. which I alluded to. I didn't really go into detail on. I want to pull up the stats there. Morant's numbers have been okay. They just haven't been as good as they were when the season started when he was walking into 40 points every game. But to go through Morant's numbers in the last couple games, he had 30 against Boston, which was okay. You know, a decent game. Wasn't that efficient. I believe he went 10 for 24 from the floor. But he had 38-9 against Boston, 23-9-6 against Washington, went 9 of 27 from the floor, went 12-11 and 11 against Charlotte, went 4 of 12 from the floor, 29-7 and 7 against Portland, went 7 of 19 from the floor. He really could use an efficient scoring game, and I think mm-hmm. the Spurs defense is the perfect game for that. I can see Ja going 12 of 18 14 of 20 something and he ends up with 35 yeah all right i'm with you uh this is a high total it makes sense and if adams doesn't play that actually helps the total because they're going to play even faster yeah no i i I have to take over but it's it's a high one i'm not gonna it's a high one yeah but i'm on the over too i don't don't mind a sneaky look at keldon johnson or like Mm -hmm. vassal they've been really good for san antonio all right Next game on the slate, we have the Phoenix Suns going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minus one and a half for the Suns on the road. 223 is the total injury report. And we have Chris Paul, who is questionable for this game. Cameron Johnson, who is out. Damn shame about Johnson. Out for about a month and a half. Yeah. Good player. And 
these two teams matched up already this season where the Suns won in Aiden pretty solid fashion. Very good, pretty, really good fourth quarter where mm-hmm. the starters came back in and just took the game over. Six, 116 to 107. But Aiden, I remember, did not play in that game. And yeah, he did. got the start. I don't know how I can back Cleve. I mean, I don't know how I can back uh the Timberwolves in this spot. They just don't have it together. They haven't put this this lineup that they have with Gobert and Edwards and uh Cat. They have not put that D'Angelo Russell's been terrible too. I mean we gotta always yeah. point it out. He's been awful the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, they, they haven't put this roster they haven't put this roster they got together and I'm just gonna keep fading them until they turn it around for me. That's really just end of the handicap for me. So here's what I want to ask you, and I don't want to – Chris Paul is one of my all-time favorite players, so I'm not going to try to slander him too hard. How many points is he even worth at this stage in his career? Because offensively, I don't really know how much he can do in a given game because he generates no separation off the dribble anymore. Yeah. And it seems like he's really an afterthought on the offense. Most of the offense is run through Booker at this point. Mm-hmm. How many points is Chris Paul even worth? Because I really don't know. Now, he's also, you know, 38. You know, he's older. I'm not surprised with all the injuries he's had that he's kind of fallen off a cliff in terms of speed and quickness. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's worth. I really can't put a monet- I can't put a number to it. Is he worth two, three points? I don't think so. Is he worth one point? Maybe. Like, I don't know what he's worth anymore. Do you? Not really. I think that you from can't really quantify it. Yeah, from yeah, a you can't quantify, you can't quantify it. it. But on the court, he's been what mediocre. Yeah, I. He has a hard time putting up ten points per game. I just think that they'll. Be, I think they'll be fine. I truly do think they're fine. That's my and point. I my went point late. If, he, if he doesn't play, it's not a red flag for me. I don't think it's that big of a deal. He's enough where I wouldn't lay probably over two possessions with this team, but. I, this number's at one and a half. Like it opened up at minus four and a half. I probably would have took the Timberwolves there, but I'm getting he, one he and a half. He got injured here. last year. Campaign is starting experience. You know they have some options here, but I, I insane. mentioned it. He played 14 minutes left in the second quarter. I don't know how much he truly matters to the Suns in a game in game out basis when he might not reach 10 points in a given game, and a lot of the offensive sets are run with Booker having the ball. Yeah, I don't I'm, know how much he's worth anymore. I'm on Suns. I think I'm leaning Suns on principle. I was wrong about a, a couple of teams in the offseason. I was bullish on some teams that have struggled, mostly the Warriors, who have looked like a train wreck so far this season. I was so right about Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I was dead on with Minnesota. I just thought this team was going to be a train wreck. And I thought that the overall chemistry would be awful. I doubted the idea of using two seven-footers in today's NBA. I said there's one basketball. That was the cliche. And it seems like every player is fighting for shots on this team. They're not good, and they have no bench. So I'll take Phoenix because I trust them more in crunch time. Devin mentions the prop I like. I like Booker assists. I think Booker's in line for a very good assist game here, especially if Paul doesn't play. We know mm-hmm. Payne is more of a shot first point guard. He can pass it. He mostly wants to shoot. I think Booker assists is definitely a way to look here. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up in his career without. He's Piss been really Paul. good at assists when Paul's not in the lineup. Yeah, in his career without Pierce Paul, he's at 4.8 assists. Now you got to 
you know, a lot of take that into account before he got there. Before, so yeah. I went back and I got his game log, and we can go game by game here with without Chris Paul. Seven assists, five assists, three, four, eight, ten, seven, nine, seven, five, twelve, eight, five, seven. It it, it the, the numbers, numbers five there. and a half. Like that's not bad. That's not bad. Let's. How many times has he gone under five and a half? One, two, one, two, three. Four, five, five times in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen games. He's nine and five to the over. I think that I think that there's a lot of worse great. bets. There's a lot of worse bets that you can make today than Devin Booker assist. I like Devin Booker assist today as well. I think my other question would be besides assists, do you like Booker over in points blindly? Because yeah. without Cam Johnson in the lineup and without yeah. a lot of the... Uh, He's got to go off. I don't know who else is supposed to score for this team because Bridges had a moment there. But do you Who's want him to... Him? I was going to say, do you want Bridges to attack the rim with Gobert sitting in the paint the entire time? Like, do I think Aiden's going to have a great game against Gobert? Maybe. But like, I think Booker probably will have 30-plus points because he should attempt a ton of shots. I think this is going to be a masterclass in mid-range shot-making by Devin Booker today. Or free and, shooting, either or. Uh, 28 and a half, same number as Ja. So guess yeah. what we're going to do? <laughs> of course we're going to do it. <laughs> Let's see. 35 points for Devin Booker. Where's the Memphis game? 35 points for Ja Morant. Where, Was that like 11 to 1? Like 10 to 1? 12 to 1. Okay. 12 and 1. I like that. It's not that's bad. A, that's a good bet. And if we can find one more, then we're going to the moon. Oh my gosh. And there's options. There's options. Do you want to make, you want to make a case for Shea? Do you want to make a case? Hey, that's for what I was else? sitting there thinking. Like, Shea really is the case that you can make. Make a, like Paul Shea, George, make a Paul George case, maybe? If you think he takes it personal against the Lakers, I don't know. I'm not backing anything on this. No, no, no. I'm right just throwing now. it out there. I'm trying to think. Yeah, of no, no, no. I, I like it. I, I like the thought process that you're going. I just can't. And I would hate that if, if this hit and Paul George DeRozan? was the person. You want a DeRozan no, case? No, DeRozan definitely can go in there. So you add Shea 35, and boom, you're all the way up at 54 to 1. 54 to 1. Okay. All right. And don't even, like, you DeRozan and you're just rich. What? Wait, that can't be right. What? DeMar DeRozan is plus 750 to have 35 points today. What is this? 23 and a half. That's why. His number's been low for the last couple of games because Levine's in there and they're worried about the volume and how they're going to split it. But but I don't think the Pelicans are a team that's going to double team DeRozan. No. And defensively, they're not great anyway. And they want to play up tempo. But yeah, uh, no, let's ladder, that, let's yeah. ladder DeRozan today. That, I didn't realize that that was at 23 and a half and 35 is plus 750. DeRozan's I think he's going for 30. Yeah, DeRozan, DeRozan's on the ladder. So 23 and a half, 25, 30, 35. I'm not going to go 40, but I'll, I'll top it off at 35. I don't even think you can get fucking – you can't even fucking get 40. I have to go That's somewhere else. Somewhere. I have to look Some books are hated. Yeah, I know. Fuck. Insano, though, asking if they're going to shoot more threes with bigs on the inside. Probably, but you're kind of wondering who Phoenix is going to use because Cam Johnson was one of their best spot-up three-point shooters on the roster. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming they're going to do – what most teams do, which is run, pick, and roll, force Gobert away from the actual hoop, drive, and kick. That's what most teams do. 
I'm assuming they'll be able to do that. So, yeah, I'm assuming three-point shots for Phoenix probably won't look that bad. Maybe Booker, if you want to make a case. Then again, if Booker's going for 35, he's probably going to have at least three or four threes. So that's a case you can make. Campaign maybe if he starts. I think Phoenix should shoot a lot of threes, though. I don't know why you'd want to go on the interior against Gobert and Towns. Force him to guard somebody on the perimeter. That's what I would do. Yeah, and Minnesota is... I don't believe they're good at the three-point defense. I am pulling it up. Well, I haven't seen their name yet. Yep, last. In the last five games, they are last in terms of three-point defense, 41.1 points per game. So I like that good look and call out there, Cap. All right, let's move on to the next game on the slate. And we have... Oh, wow, I have so many tabs up. (laughs) <laughs> that I got lost. All right. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers still on their West Coast trip. Minus four and a half on the road. Going to play the Sacramento Kings. Kings coming off of a close but loss to the Golden State Warriors. 226 and a half is the total. Come up half a point to 225. From 225. Injury report. We have Dylan Windler for the Cavs who is out. And Malik Monk who is questionable. Monk's a big deal. He's actually been a good bench piece for that team. He has. All right. Laying four and a half. Laying four and a half. Looks like some money is coming in on the Kings and it's dropped it down half a point. What are you doing here? Four and a half with the Cavs. So this line looks very trappy. And I feel like based on the line alone, I kind of would lean to the Kings. But I do want to ask you, when you have, I I know the Warriors are not a good team this year so far. But when you have a team on the ropes, and Curry drops 47 on your head, mm-hmm. and you have a shot to potentially tie the game, and the referees don't call a foul on Clay Thompson, which was obviously a foul. Herder should have went to the line. They should have tied the game. Does that linger? Is there a chance they're still a bit hung up on that Warriors ending and they just potentially no-show this game? I don't think it's a possibility. I think, I'm just I throwing think it out very there. much a possibility. I think it's possible. In Sacramento, we've seen be really bad closing out games Warriors game, prime example of that. They led by a decent amount the entire way. They choked it away. I know Curry went nuclear, but they still, you know, you should win that game. I am going to lean Cleveland. It's very trappy, though, so there's no chance I bet this one. Mm -hmm. I might stick more to props. Give me like a Jared Allen double-double, Jared Allen block prop, something like that. But I think with Sabonis having to deal with Jared Allen, I can see Allen having a great game on the glass. I think I'm going more towards props. I don't like Sacramento defensively. I think Mitchell and Garland should have a field day in this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lean to the I'm going to lean Cavaliers. I don't love it, but I'm going to lean more to props because I do think Sacramento's defense, we know for a fact, is a terrible unit. Yeah, I I think that this is I think Cleveland can control the pace of this game. It's very Cle- trappy, but Cleveland's the much better team. Yeah, by far a much better team. And they if they control what they want to play in their half-court basketball, I think that's really going to give the Kings issues. The Kings want to run. The Kings want to get out and get transition buckets, hold you to your fast break buckets. Their fast their uh, transition defense is actually really, really good, how they get back and fill the lanes uh, on transition and defense. But I think that slowing the game down, and really the kicker here for me is that the Kings were – or are one of the worst teams in terms of opponents' points in the paint. 
they're bottom bottom five in the league in terms of opponents points in the paint. That's why and, I mentioned Jared Allen might just feast in this game. Yeah, and I think that's really it. Like you're going to get a bunch of points from the inside. Uh, Jaron Allen, Evan Mobley, even, even Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, and can run and get some points on the inside. Uh, I just think that this is a bad matchup. I don't think that this is the type of team that the Kings want to be going up against. You know, and Cavs team coming off of a loss, playing the Clippers. I think they kind of get back to their style of basketball, slowing things down, playing really, they really won that good game defense. Too. Yeah, playing really really good defense and just being able to play on their level, not having to run with the other team. So, yeah, I'm going with the Cavs here, minus four and a half. Yeah, I agree. All right. Last game of this, well, 226 and a half, I'm going under because I think it's a slower-paced game. I see money coming in on the over. I'm fine. I'm just going to go under. I'm really torn because I do th- – cle- like, if Cleveland scored 130, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like Sacramento's that bad defensively. But Sacramento – but Cleveland's so good defensively. Like, that's the problem you run into here. I think I'll lean under, but I don't feel great about it either. This game is mostly a stay away for me, maybe a prop or two. All right. Next game of slate. We end rivalry day with the Lakers at the Clippers. I put quotation marks over that at 219 and a half is the total minus three. If you've been under a rock, well, wait, hold on. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. Injury report. We have Anthony Davis probable, LeBron James probable, Lonnie Walker questionable. Now, if you've been under a rock, I couldn't tell you. I honestly, truly could not tell you the last time the Lakers won a game in this series. I don't remember. I, I have no idea. I could it not might have, It might have been like the bubble. It's been a long time. Like an incredible really long, long incredibly long time. They are one in four in the last five ATS. I think it was the bubble. Because I think it was like the first game of the bubble. It might, it might have been, yeah. But it's been a very, very long time since they beat the Clippers, man. <laughs> but this Clippers team has just been so bad this year. Like, they've been really Very bad nice year. win, though, against Cleveland. I'll give them credit yes. credits, too. Yes. That was a nice win. Credit, credit to them. And they got their first team total. Yay! Let's go, Clippers! First team total over. They yes. I, there, they I, there's been nobody that's come out here and publicly said that they are a Clippers homer. and But I am positive that there's one out there, at least one, that listens to this show. And he is very, very excited that they hit the over in that prop last time out. <laughs> Nothing's changing for me. Clippers team total under. I don't even know what I wanted. I... I I really, really want to take L.A. I mean, I can't say L.A. I really, really want to take the Lakers. I, I want to really take L.A. Do. too. I automatically win if I take L.A. So Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I really do want to take the Lakers. So do it. Why, why, would, why would November 9th, 2022 be any different than how this game has gone? Like... <laughs> I just, well, the, argu- the argument would be Kawhi did play in the season opener, and he actually played relatively well in limited minutes. Yeah, he now, and of course, he's out. well. And I guess that's, yeah. That's I really guess the only argument it. you could make there. And yeah. Westbrook has looked really, really good coming off the bench, but and that the, hasn't translated well, into wins. That was was that, his 0 for, that was his 0 for 11 game, right? Yes, it was. Okay. I don't think and he's going to the Lakers were bad. getting killed. They came back in the fourth quarter, then eventually did not cover. I had the Clippers. All right, fine. Game, I'll take Lakers but... plus three. You, you twisted my arm. I'll take Lakers plus three. I'm taking the team total under. It's oh, one yeah. thing if the Clippers went over, and yes, they would have gone over any number that they had. 
The number was in like the mid 100s. It was. <laughs> like we're back to 111 and a half. Like we're back was, to 110 it was, plus. It was 105 and a half. <laughs> now the Lakers defensively no showed the Utah game. LeBron didn't play. Team checked out. Like they, they no showed the entire game. Utah had like 80 points in the first half. I'm not going to read into that. I'm just going to go with the team total under for the Clippers. We've seen the pace in this in these games die, especially in the fourth quarter, because of how competitive they are, the rivalry, kind of like how the Nets-Knicks game should turn out in the fourth quarter. I just see a lot of physical play, and I think based on the rivalry, the refs will let them get away with it a bit more. It's one thing to go over one team total, but to immediately <laughs> push the team total back to 111.5 is crazy to me. I got to take the under. If it's anywhere over 110.5, I'll probably blindly take the under. But the Lakers' defense with LeBron AD have still been pretty good this season. I'll just take the under for the Clippers' team total. It's really hard to get a total under one that number, too. Like, it's really Very. Oh, man. This is it's just fucking hilarious. Yes. All right. You have our bets. Before we get into our lock and dog, I got to talk to you about us, the SGPN merch store, because... We are giving you a 10% off the entire merch store promo code. You go in there, you can buy the cool, sweet talk. Ask me about my third leg shorts of my parlay. parlay. Yeah, of, of my parlay. parlay. But I, don't, I don't know. People I don't know what you guys were thinking. Clearly parlays. It's a parlay People, Yeah, like this is a betting show. Like why would we? I don't know. Whatever. Either we're way, you can use promo, code, use promo code D-A-L-L-A-S-S-U-C-K-S. Exclamation point. All right. All caps. That's the code right there. What whatever that, that spells. Spell? What is that? Yeah. Whatever that spells. I mean, it, it, but D A L L A S S U C K S exclamation point. That is your promo code. Type that in store.sportsgamingpodcast.com. Get 10% off the entire merch store. Go have fun. Holiday shopping, all of that. Get it done. All right. Lock and dog. For my lock, let's go with. Give me. Let me fade. Let me fade Utah being the number one team in the Western Conference. Well, is that the entire? No, it's not the entire league, but in the Western Conference. Let me go ahead and fade Utah. I'll take Atlanta. I backed Atlanta last game. I really like backing Atlanta at home. Give me Atlanta minus three and a half. That is my lock. For my dog, wow, I have so many options that I just, I'm literally getting, like, getting with myself because I have no idea which way I want to go with this. There's so many good options, that dog. All right. Should I, I faded the Bucks last time. Let me not fade the Bucks twice in a row. I, I don't, I, too much dipping your chip there. Too much dipping the chip. Houston is very tempting. I got to use that phrase more. Dip on but, your chip is just fire. That's just a hell yeah. of a phrase. I got to use that more. Yeah, Absolutely. There, if if Detroit got an outright win here, and I didn't call for it, I would literally yeah. hurt my heart. Like, it, like at this point, the listeners would be disappointed in, with me if I didn't go with Detroit here. I have. Here's, to here's a question though: If Detroit does win outright, do you buy a jersey, or is there another qualification? No, no, because it's the Celtics. Like, duh, yeah, <laughs> duh. I'm just saying, like, though. why would we lay that many points with the Celtics? So I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, you were supposed to do that. Like, you were supposed to win outright when you're laying this many points with the Celtics. But ultimately, I think we still have a really, really good chance of covering here. Like I said, five and zero oh, last time out, and you're telling me that you know 
this could be what an off shooting night or anything. There's so many options on Detroit for them to score the basketball that I really think that this could just be a shootout and whoever had the last possession wins. Plus 540. I love the odds. I'll take it. Give me Detroit plus 12 and a half plus 540 on the money line for my dog. Scott, lock and dog. What are you doing, sir? So for my lock in this one, I'm going to go back to a player prop. I am going to go with John Morant over 28 and a half points. He's had at least 30 in each of the last three meetings. He's had at least 41 in each of the last two meetings. He's had at least 52 in the last meeting against San Antonio. They can't guard him. I mean, there's really no way around it. You're looking at Trey Jones. You're looking at Vass. They don't have anybody that can stay in front of Jaw. And Jaw's been a little bit iffy with the shooting lately. Had 30 points in his last game, though. So I do think that he got back on track to some degree. But I'm hoping efficiency picks up. And I think that Moran should have a big game here against the San Antonio team that not only is awful at defense, but also plays fast. I like the pace in this game. I like Moran's chances in the fast break. Yaka Pirtle also not a great rim protector. So I think Moran should be able to get downhill quickly and really do damage in the paint. Give me Moran to over 28 and a half points at around minus 115. All right. And for your dog. For my dog in this one, I contemplated if I wanted to do a player prop or what exactly I wanted to do. I think for this one, I will go with a player prop. I am going to go Julius Randle, uh, double-double at plus 135. All right. I think that it's really a good matchup for him in this spot. You're looking at the Nets' overall front court. They don't have any depth at all. Classing is in the foul trouble as well. Mitchell Robinson's going to be out, so I do expect Randall to embrace more of a rebounding responsibility in this matchup. But to go through the actual meetings recently, first of all, he plays a bunch of minutes. He's played at least 37 minutes in each of the last six meetings between these teams, so he should play a bunch. But he's had at least 10 rebounds in three of the last five meetings. He had nine rebounds in one of the other meetings. But I think the Nets being the worst rebounding team in the league and the fact that Randall should play a bunch of minutes helps out. And with Robinson not playing, I think he should definitely have a bigger responsibility. Give me Randall double-double at plus 135. But you're the Knicks fan. You have any thoughts on that one? Oh, no. I don't got no issue with that. I think that – I mean, is now, he, Julius Randall does sell. He does sell in games. I will say that. He does sell you in games. But this is a really good spot. And he seems to always take this rivalry game to heart. So I do think he'll end up being quite motivated and he'll look pretty focused for the entirety of this game. All right. Other than that, Scott, you got anything for people before we get up out of here? No, 13 games. Uh, definitely a fun slate. Hopefully to make some money here. Oh, yes, and yeah, a lot carry this. Yeah, I got 13. But it's nice to be back with the NBA card. <laughs> I'll be back once again. I know I'll be back on Friday with you uh, with the NBA. I know we do have another NFL show uh, with the DFS and the Thursday Night Football Breakdown which I'm sure we'll do later, so stay tuned for that. Yep. But other than that, you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio, and, yeah, doing a bunch of other shows. Got the tennis show, doing the propcast on occasion. Of course, we have the NBA show, the NFL show. A lot of content, a lot of free content, and yeah. a lot of money to be made. So let's get it. Yeah, man. And real quick before we get up out of here, like, uh, well, of course you guys know, subscribe like, review, all of that NBA Gambling Podcast. But just shout out to the listeners that come in here every day and rock with us, listen to the picks. Really appreciate y'all. Y'all just show out for us. Uh, chat was booming today. Shout out to everybody, LG, uh, Jose, Christian, Devin, Liv, Jake, everybody, everybody that comes out. We're going to definitely try to get something going and be able to do a really good captain. We're going to try to do something and get – 
you know, a contest or something going to just give away. Appreciate you. Something like that. We're working on it, but appreciate all y'all appreciate all the support for the show. Other than that, still no idea what I'm doing and no idea how I'm going to end the pod. So we're just going to end it like this. Yeah. Jackie Vaughn. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't made my mind up on them. We out of here. Basketball. Give it, give it, give it the ball because I'm going to.